With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon, a fantasy football podcast, part of the uh, Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am the loather of the Blind Zebra Confederation of the NFL, eyewitness to Nikhil Harry not stepping out of bounds, the Patriots cameraman who was caught filming the Bengals sideline, your ambivalent host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have uh, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner, the captain of the Jameis Winston is Peyton Manning bandwagon, and the coach, coach whisperer, the wine sipperer, the Will Disleyer, the weatherman Jordan Smith, and born and raised fan of the best team in the NFL, Jimmy G's smile makes him melt, and he hates donkeys more than life itself, the ginger normal man, Nick Botiford. Guys, how are we doing? Really good. Good, man. Good. How are you? I am ecstatic. There is nothing that brings me more joy in the world than the Patriots coming off of a loss and entering a, uh, another created scandal. It is the truly greatest place to be in as a Patriots fan. It is my element. I mean, this is just next level whiteboard material going on right now. Oh, yeah. Like, this is all a fully manufactured thing by the league, and they knew Cincinnati would fall for it just to get <laughs> their team hyped up for the next couple of weeks. Well, right. This is, this is the motivation we need to go on our crazy Super Bowl run. Forgive my inability to understand sarcasm. Are we. Do we actually think they didn't do this? No. they. I okay. think that Belichick would be an idiot to do this again. I think a, oh. uh, like a couple people reported like an hour after Shefty dropped that, that the, um, the Bengals were aware that there was going to be some filming for this documentary in their press box. But like... They were there to film the Browns. Yeah, they they talked to the Browns too, I guess. The Browns is the team that there's always been referenced, not the Bengals, but anyways. But yes, that this was filmed for a documentary. Surprise, surprise. The uh, mom and pop shop Cincinnati Bengals had poor communication (laughs) about what was going on in their stadium. Oh, that's hilarious. I I just, I was like, yeah, no, I mean, they're probably just fucking filming and, uh, Props to them. If you're if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> I have no issue with this. <laughs> I, I love I it. it. I love it. It was just the early beginning of the festivist season. Like people just used it as a chance to air their Patriots grievances. Oh, yeah. Like one last time. Just like let it all out. We we remember. My favorite thing about I, it I, is that it lasted thirty minutes. It was just like Shefty sent out the report, and all of Patriots beat media was like, no. No, this is nothing. This is here is what we have been told. This is nothing. And yet somehow I checked my phone four hours later and it's still being talked about. I, uh, I, I love when this shit happens because it, it's like, I got a buddy the other day who was, who was trying to tell me, he was like, you know, I just, 
with the whole the Flakegate thing, we'll just never know how good this <laughs> team actually is because of their cheating. It's like <laughs> that teach Tom Brady free game planning. Did the Flakegate football teach him pocket aware? Like it's oh. fucking out of here. Stop it. And they're like, they're just cheaters, man. <laughs> you're like, you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. Pete Carroll has been penalized every year of his Seattle tenure for hosting <laughs> extra practices in pads. Like, he, this is cheap nonstop. And, and again, we, we've talked about it on here before, but like Richard Sherman and the entire defense. Oh, we're all taking steroids. Their A samples <laughs> and then their B samples were all somehow like basically just unscrewed and spilled all over each other. And it's like, Oh no, they've all been diluted. We can't test it. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Every team in this league cheats as much as they possibly. I mean, even having a salary cap is effectively cheating because you're decapping your competition. But anyway, it, like mm. the whole, it, this entire premise, anyway, is it, just such horseshit. I have no issue. I, I think it'd be hysterical if the Patriots are like, <laughs> yeah, we tried to film a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we definitely did film it. Like, we definitely tried to cheat. You guys got us. Hey, good for you guys. <laughs> good on you, Bengals. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad that this brings as much joy to, to Nick as it does to me. I think it's just absolutely hilarious. It's also like, if they're going to cheat, then they did it like a week too late. Like, they're filming the wrong team. <laughs> Come on. I can't believe they're just trying to get an easy win against the Bengals when all they have to do is get off the plane. <laughs> Which is maybe why maybe why they were cheating against the Bengals, because they know it's the perfect crime, because no one's going to believe them. If they were, like, caught filming their documentary in front of the before the Chiefs game, everyone would be like, oh, my God, they're 100% cheating because it's the Chiefs. But since they're doing it before the Bengals game, everyone's like, oh, come on. They're, they're not actually cheating. It's the Bengals. You don't need to cheat to beat the Bengals. And Belichick's like, this is perfect. I am cheating to beat the Bengals. <laughs> All right. Well, we are off to a rocking start. Uh, let's get into Week 14 action because there is a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to start with Week 14 fantasy MVPs. Nick, start us off. Who is your fantasy MVP for the week? Mine's Austin Eckler. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's still really, really highly owned. Um, in, in Yahoo leagues, he's over ninety percent. This dude just has been a stud, no matter what the situation was, all year long. If you drafted a little bit early, you were getting him super late, and even if you drafted like in August, uh, you know, like a like a wimp, um, you you got him like a fifth or sixth round latest. Like the dude, he was he was the overall RB one uh, score and in, in half point PPR this week. He's so friggin' talented, and and the one thing that the offense has done well in in, in their scheming is setting things up to pass to running backs. And uh, yeah, I mean you're you're just you're getting crazy production from this guy every single week, and he's doing it as the the backup. It's just so cool. Yeah. I love it. I'm actually, it crushes me to see Austin Eckler succeed because I traded him away thinking I traded him away once Melvin Gordon came back. Cause I was like, all right, well, this is where the chargers don't know what they're doing. And, and uh, we are going to, uh, Melvin Gordon's going to step all over Eckler's fantasy value. And that has not come to fruition. Eckler has been fantastic to the point where, I mean, he, he has to be considered a top. What? 10. Is that too much? A top 10 back next year in, in redraft leagues? 
depends what the where it depends on where he is and, and where Gordon is. I mean, aren't they both in their final year of their deal? They might be Eckler. That, yeah, no, I think you might be right because I know in my in in my Madden franchise, <laughs> Austin Eckler was a free agent right. after the first year, so right. I tr- trust those contracts. I'm checking it out right now, but Jordan, you got anything you want to chime in with these guys with with Eckler and such? Just note to all the NFL uh, professional sports agents that listen to the podcast, before you advise your running back client to hold out, do a better job at scouting the running back stable <laughs> in his team, possible competition. Just give it a look over and see, see if there's anything in there because Austin Eckler is just as good, if not better on some occasions. So, Especially, oh, go ahead. He, he is he is a free agent after this season. That's so awesome! Oh, oh my god, gonna, dude, this running back. Bank. He's gonna get three million dollars next year. Ah, uh, giggity! Break that bank. <sighs> Eckler's oh, just—he's just the—he's thriving right now, and he's the perfect back for today's like pass happy offense. Like, could you imagine him going to like imagine him in like Kansas City or? Oh, that I mean, in, would be perfect. Him in Kansas City would be sexy as hell. He would be a top that 10 fantasy so running back insane. next year if he went to Kansas City. Props to the Patriots guy for not saying the Patriots because he would be perfect for them, obviously, but you went with a different team and, and, and right on. Good for you, man. Do you guys think that the Chargers are going to continue being donkeys and actually now pay Melvin Gordon? No. How yes. funny would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> They just open up the bank that they bring in the bank and they're just like, all right, you know what? Actually, you, uh, you proved your worth, Melvin Gordon. Good on you. I think they want to extend like Philip Rivers or at least keep him along until he retires. So they're just going to be like, oh, we should probably keep Melvin Gordon too, to because they'll think that'll elongate Philip Rivers' career. Which is. Dude, he needs to retire today. Get Tyrod in there. That'd be so cool if Tara Taylor took over next year. Easton Stick. <laughs> He's a fun interview. Anyway, let's move it along. Too much. Too, I, I appreciate all the time on my, my player, you guys. But let's move along. I like Nick's like, guys, we're going to talk about me, but we got to move on. But keep talking about me. Jordan, Enough who's about your, me. Why don't you talk about me? Who's your MVP for the, uh, for the week? My MVP is one Ryan Tanatrill. I uh, just wanted to shout him out for bouncing back against the Oakland Raiders drop in uh 31 ish 32 points um he's just been like on a tear and it's kind of unbelievable with what he's doing he had nearly 400 yards yesterday only had six incompletions uh while he did throw an interception he wants to do his best to help erase that mistake by just laying out perfect form tackles on guys oh, that, have, like, that tackle was incredible it. it was a great tackle he's really laid himself out there. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt next time he attempts that. But Ryan Tannehill, man, he's been really solid. And it's he's like got the uh Ryan Fitzpatrick suddenly coming out of nowhere dropping thirty fantasy points a game thing. But with Tannehill, I feel like he's not going to give you just a couple games and then fall off a cliff like Tannehill does usually or Fitzpatrick does. So yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Oh so yeah, I'm into this. Um, he's been super fun to rank in the in the quarterback rankings. Um, they are talking about extending him 
we so we talked last week on the podcast about we, we thought that they would franchise him. They're apparently talking long term contract, which I yes. don't think yes. I do it. I, do it. Do it. I think you got a thirty one. Do it, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, if they can, if they can uh, get like a team friendly thing, I'd be into it. But you need, I okay, a lot of stuff that Michael Lombardi says, like, dude, I get it. You watch the fucking Sopranos, but his thing that he learned with the Patriots is it takes 20 games to evaluate a player in your system. And that's, you know, so that's, that's not just a Lombardiism, it's a Belichickism. Um, I think that if they were to franchise him and get those 20 games under their belt with him uh, and, and really understand what it is they have in him, that, that would be uh, a much smarter move than just paying this guy who basically like flunked his way out of the place before I, makes me nervous. But he, that being said, he's been a treat to watch this year and I'll, I'll keep ranking him highly. The franchise tag would make him pretty expensive for the year, but it's like the trade-off is super expensive for a year. If you think he's the guy and you might be close or pay him 20 million a year for the next right. couple of years and just be stuck with, a large sunk cost on your books exactly you're you're signing up for like the the future of the coaching staff if you extend him long term you're like it's you're committing to like four years basically of Tannehill and you don't quite know what you have in Tannehill at the moment um so I don't know That'll be it'll be a running theme of our offseason podcasts. We'll spend way too much time talking about Tanatrill and where he's going to play in uh, 2020 because he's probably the number one free agent this year. Let's be honest. It's good because his last name is very nicknameable. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to plenty of good nicknames. Stanahill. Stanahill. Tanachill. (laughs) There's a lot there to work with. Uh, my fantasy MVP for week 14, going to give some love to Jason Sanders, the kicker for the Miami Dolphins. He uh, scored or threw a touchdown last week, and then this week kicks seven field goals and outscores uh, Derrick Henry, Raheem Morstert, Jacoby Brissett, Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Jackson. Uh, who else is on this list? Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods. Basically is a top. He is the 14th player this week in fantasy, according to Yahoo, which is a hell of a thing to have for a kicker. Uh, and maybe he helped no one, but God damn it. If you're going to score 23 points as a kicker, you got to win the fantasy MVP. This box score is the craziest. I didn't it's, know what you were talking about. absolutely absurd. It's incredible. It's hilarious. From the second quarter. Oh my God. It's just Jason Sanders kicked a blank field goal. Jason Sanders kicked a blank. God, wow. Good for him. All right. Yeah. Uh, hot waiver wire ad for the championship week. Will Devontae Parker's injury, concussion, nuke Sanders' value? Stay tuned. Mm, look at that. Dang, he had eight attempts. Pretty Kickers good. I love in redraft leagues. Kickers that play half their games in a dome and kickers that are on bad teams because usually the bad teams can get close, but they're not getting in the end zone, <laughs> which is the Miami Dolphins. Which is, uh, case in point, the Miami Dolphins. Uh so there you go. Those are your, our week 14 uh, fantasy MVPs, but there was much more to come out of week 14 than just a phenomenal kicking performance and Ryan Tanner trail set to make uh, millions of dollars. A lot of big name injuries went down this week uh, and right in the heart of fantasy playoffs, which is kind of 
kind of not great. So we're going to talk through those big injuries uh, and where fantasy owners can turn to if you suddenly find yourself, um, say, out of Mike Evans, who uh, pulled his hamstring or injured his hamstring in the first quarter and seems certain to miss at least this coming week. Uh, Or maybe you're out Devontae Parker, who was now in concussion protocol because he got a concussion uh, against the Jets and didn't return to the game. Or breaking this afternoon was Calvin Ridley, uh, who's missing the rest of the season with an ab injury. So those are three wide receivers who are now set to uh, miss time given their injuries that they sustained this week. Jordan, what are some, if you were an owner of one of these guys, what are you doing? What are you looking towards? Are you freaking out? Are you panicking? Where are you turning to in order to help continue your success through the fantasy playoffs? Um, so this is a pretty crappy time to have players start to go down. Um, one place I looked, especially with Jared Cook, if you have to replace a tight end, um, and if you haven't already, Jordan, we're not this player, talking about Jared Cook right now. I thought we were just talking about all. Of them. Oh my God, Jordan! I have this whole little list that we're going to go through, and you are ruining it. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Talk about Jared Cook. We'll do it out of order. Well, um, if you haven't already added him, he's only 11% owned in ESPN leagues. It's Tyler Higby. Um, cause he has two straight games of seven catches for over a hundred yards. And it just, especially against Seattle in a game where Los Angeles had to win, um, Higby looked like he was the guy that kind of helped the offense start to get going where it needs to go. He can, catch passes now and he's a good run blocker which they sorely need because their offensive line hasn't been very good um so yeah if, if they're i mean and McVay is a smart guy relatively speaking so he if he keeps higby out there even if gerald everett starts to get to 100 percent, that um he should be the guy going forward if they really want this offense to start rolling yeah no, and, and like you, so you're saying Jared Cook left the Saints game against the 49ers, which was an incredible game, by the way, uh, for anyone who watched that. That was a hell of a hell of a shootout. But Cook left with a concussion, so now it's in concussion protocol. So yeah, if you if you are now out a tight end looking for someone, Tyler Higby is an excellent guy to go get, given just his rapid ascent in that. And the, and the, the Rams offense has suddenly looked better while featuring him. And I saw... I saw a tweet that they were talking about uh, during the Seahawks Rams game where Sean McVay is actually using more 11 personnel, two wide receivers, two tight ends. That's 11, right? Am I right about that? 12. Damn it. So close. 12 personnel, Uh, which is not great for me as a Cooper Cup owner since Cooper Cup was not seeing the field uh, as much as he's their slot guy. Uh, But it is great for Tyler Higby, who's been on the field a lot more and has been moving that offense a lot more and and becoming a real key part uh, he's gone what now over a hundred uh, in the last two games, so that's a mm-hmm. it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, what's funny is like Goff will throw to the person who doesn't go very far from the line of scrimmage, and McVay tells him to look at first, and, and that's, that's now Higby in, in, yeah instead of Cup. Um, as far as the other the, like other tight end options go, um, a goofy ass one is always going to be Nick Boyle. He has good matchups, and Lamar Jackson is just you know. Brigham Lamar Jackson Boyle hold in two of three targets for 10 yards in the score. It's a desperation option, but it, it is always there if you're just in dire straits. But guys like Ian Thomas um, and even Noah Fant, who was largely ignored by Drew Locke in his first start, but then last week they I 
I don't know, had a, a, a powwow and they got everything uh, sorted out between the two of them. Um, there, there's a number of good tight end options uh, uh, this week. So yeah, keep, you know, go, go invest in any of those names and, and you'll be okay. Especially since tight ends seemingly players in general, like when you get players who have emerged, have their little kind of like quick emergence of, of a lot of fantasy production, it tends to be like over a two to three game span. And so it's great that you're not needing these people to give you solid fantasy production for an entire season's worth. It's really just like one to two weeks because you just need them for the remainder remainder of the season to keep you going through the fantasy playoffs. And so someone who you brought up, uh, Nick, who I really like is Ian Thomas for the Panthers. As long as Greg Olson's out, I think he's another guy who you can definitely go get and plug in. If you're a, a Jared cook owner, who's suffered from, from losing him. Uh, now, not to move it back to the schedule that I had originally created and laid out, but let's talk some wide receivers here since we covered the rewind, rewind, take it back. Uh, Mike Evans, Devontae Parker, Calvin Ridley, all guys who are now out, some for the entire season, some indefinitely. Nick, are there other receivers? Jordan, you missed your opportunity. Nick, are there receivers out there who are you looking to to address if you got any of these guys and are, are floundering? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the obvious group to turn to is just who else is available in the, the Bucks wide receiving core. This, of course, will be highly contingent upon whether or not uh, – uh, Jameis Winston gets good reviews in practice. He, he broke the thumb apparently on his throwing hand, but he's expected to be able to play, which, <laughs> uh, okay, good for you. I don't know how the fuck you're doing that. I do have to but, say quickly, um, not to interrupt Nick, but I do have to say when you yeah. hear these injuries that like players just kind of toughen up and fight through and you, it, you like, it's one thing to just be like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, you could probably survive that. You could probably deal with that. Like, can you imagine gripping a football and like having to get zip on it with a fucking broken thumb? Like, that would be awful. That would be a horrible. And so just like a quick shout out to like players who play through injury. You know, it's I wish that you didn't have to because there could be more job security, but also shout out to doing that because I, as a normal person, like stub my toe and I'm like, I'm out for the week. I'm done. Yeah, I pinched my finger lifting today, and like I, I screamed. Um, yeah, you're like, well, that's it, done. But the, also, way to sneak in that you were lifting today. Nice, Nick. Yeah, I mean, you have to lift. You have to lift four <laughs> days a week. Um, <laughs> the one that always blows my mind is broken ribs. Yeah, like like that shit hurts to breathe <laughs> with a broken rib. Deshaun Watson had a, a collapsed lung last year and kept playing. He just took the bus instead of the airplane. Here? What are we doing? Anyway. So, so we got, we got to monitor, you know, his, uh, we got to monitor his practice reports and see if, you know, if press is like, he's more inaccurate than normal, then we probably need to shy away from bucks receivers. But, uh, if, if he seems to be able to throw the ball well in practice, then we should give long looks to both Justin Watson and Brashad Perryman. Uh, it, I think it's unlikely that both of those guys get picked up. Watson's more of the interior guy. Uh, he had more targets last week than, um, than Rashad Perryman did, but Perryman, I think, has found the box or box or found the end zone um, in back-to-back weeks uh, in the last two games. Double checking that right now. I think you're right. I remember. Uh, I remember that stat being passed. Right no, now. he didn't. I, that's that's my bad. He just had a, a lot of catches. He he's just his target totals that were, have shot up to six and five over the last two weeks, and he's had uh, good yardage and, and scored once. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, both of these guys, if if 
once it is available or if he's good to go. Uh, Rashad Perryman would deserve a long look. They're, remember, they're, they're playing Detroit, so that's awesome. That's a great um, matchup. So, yeah, Rashad Perryman and, uh, and, and uh, what's his name, Justin Watson uh, would both be good. Uh, yeah, Justin Watson would both be good options. I got to, uh, I like those, both of those guys. Cause you know that you're stepping into an offense that has a high pass load and, and a high workload. So any number two receiver, it's also a huge uptake for Chris Godwin for those Chris Godwin owners. So good on you there. Yeah. I have to bang the table for AJ Brown, who is like under 30% owned. It's coming off of a monster game against Oakland where he went for 153 and two touchdowns and now gets to face Houston uh, who doesn't really have a secondary, despite what you saw against the Patriots uh, and the uh, the Broncos took them to task. So, I and we talked about how good Ryan Tannehill is. So, I if you are if you are in need of a wide receiver, if you just lost Calvin Ridley or Mike Evans or Devontae Parker, I'm getting AJ Brown, and I am starting him as my wide receiver too. No questions asked. Yeah, AJ Brown should already be on your roster. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that confidence. Yeah, he. Uh good for him i'm 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 glad that <laughs> this team is, is getting some stuff going i mean there, just, there's like it's it's a fun group yeah it's just it just it's a, it shows you what like a the wrong quarterback can do to an entire offense and when you finally get not even the right because i don't even think ryan Tannehill is the right quarterback for t- for the tennessee i think he is a better quarterback than marcus mariota and somehow and fits this offense much better and you suddenly see all of these pieces that Tennessee has like built around unlock AJ Brown. You, well, Corey Davis, we saw for a hot sack. Corey Davis is kind he's of, a yeah, kind of, he's going to be great though. When the Patriots trade a fifth round pick for him. And then suddenly he becomes a thousand plus receiving. <laughs> it's all there I can it dream. It's all I can There's dream. Guys. Again. <laughs> um, but yeah, but AJ Brown, I loved him coming in out of the draft and it's great to see him kind of like f- have these flashes and then he's going to, once he's able to start consistently playing at a high level, he's going to be, a, I mean, he's already, a, I think he's like 23 in, in standard or 24 in PPR uh, and he's going to be a top 20, top 15 guy if he can get this consistently together. Um, some picks, if you're looking to replace Devontae Parker, you don't want to go too deep on the Dolphins bench because... It's the Dolphins bench, but Isaiah Ford, once Devontae Parker went out, ended up having nine targets that resulted in six catches for 92 yards, which is pretty neat. Um, Alan Hearns, if you're super desperate. Um, Cole Beasley is still only 31% owned, but he has a touchdown in three straight weeks, which is pretty nice considering um, Josh Allen really has been playing quite well, um, especially throwing to John Brown. So it's nice to have him get to somebody else. Um, yeah. If Jameis Winston is healthy, like the obvious answer is Chris Godwin getting like 17 targets, um, but he should be a hundred percent rostered. Um, I like the other two Tampa Bay receivers, but if you're in a desperate, like deep league dynasty situation, like I am, um, Maybe Scotty Miller comes back from his hamstring injury Um, in week 11 against the Saints. He did have six targets. He's a rookie, but he profiles like John Brown. Um, So if Jameis Winston can chuck the ball and there are targets to go around and Scotty Miller is healthy, this is a lot of what (laughs) is a lot lot of stipulations here on Jordan's uh, pick. There's a lot of asterisks on this, on this pickup, (laughs) but you never know. He like, if you're, throwing darts it, it could be an option 
let's uh to, to give one that's a little more concrete and put put a bow on all this um hence i'm bored now um dj chark's probably missing this this next week too uh so dd westbrook should should see a healthy target volume and whenever one of these guys is um been injured either Chark or, or Westbrook Chris Conley immediately steps onto the streaming radar as a select option so keep an eye on them too yeah those are good guys good guys to take note of uh moving on to running backs we had two running backs uh one go down for the whole year the other one's not certainly not playing week 15 Darius Geis sprained his MCL and is not playing week 15 I just I know we've talked lots on this podcast about Washington's medical staff and it's just absolute shittiness and it is terrible to watch Darius Geist constantly get injured. Uh, and Rashad Penny tore his ACL. And so he's out for the season. Um, and so if you're looking at running backs, if either of those two guys were people you were relying on, if you're looking at running backs to replace them, I think as crazy as it sounds, Adrian Peterson still has fantasy value in this world. Uh, we saw it against the Packers. Let me quickly just bring up some stats so that I know what I'm talking about. He had 20 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown against the Packers. And then now Washington gets to play the uh, Philly, which is going to be tough, but then they have the giants, uh, which is nice. If you, if you've made it that far. Um, So he's someone who I think, you know, he's now going to get the unquestioned workload in Washington. I also like Deandre Washington. If Josh Jacobs misses continuous time, we saw Washington have a lot of success uh, again, filling in for Josh Jacobs as the, the kind of surprise start against Tennessee and nice little plug for him next week. He gets to play Jacksonville who just gave up a bajillion points to Austin Eckler. So Washington's in for a really nice workload. If, if, uh, if Jacobs is out again. Yeah. I, <clears throat> Jacobs, you know, he's been banged up all season last week. It got worse. I, I think that we we should expect DeAndre Washington to be in there um, as the lead back. Jalen Rashard uh, also kind of got it done. Well, oh no, he he Jalen Rashard got it done via uh, return yards. So if you have that as a accounting stat, then then go for that. But otherwise, yeah, it was pretty much the DeAndre Washington show. Um, I I do want to harp on the, the the point you were making about uh, Adrian Peterson earlier. Yeah, he he gets to face the Giants next week, but this coming week he has to play the Eagles, who basically erase opposing run game. So I, I would shy away from him in that one, unless you're like totally desperate. I mean, he can get like 50 yards on 20 carries, and maybe he'll score. But right, it's, I mean that's why if, if you're starting Adrian Peterson against the Eagles, you're relying on him falling in the end zone on like a two yep. yard, you know, and that's it. Like he's not, it's not, he's not going to get, he's going to get a ton of touches, but he's not going to get enough yardage to really be a fantasy impact unless he falls in the end zone. Yeah. Um, outside of that though. Uh, so obviously Chris Carson now is, is back to being the alpha back in the, uh, in the Seahawks offense with Penny going out. Um, if you are in a league that rewards in any capacity for uh uh, points per reception, be it half point PPR or full point PPR. Uh, Patrick Laird is showing that he is a legit option in in that scoring system. Um, he doesn't really get a whole lot of carries, but he he does get targeted. So uh, yeah, if 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 Laird is available and and he's going to get uh, credit for catching passes, go add uh, go add Patrick Laird. And I was trying to uh, get to the bottom here of the the old uh, the Jets backfield. I, I guess well, Le'Veon Bell is supposed to be back, so we don't need to discuss Ball Powell versus uh, versus Ty Montgomery versus Ty. 
I was I was a little upset that the Jets didn't rely more on Ty Montgomery after like there was a little bit of preseason hype about him about how much the Jets liked him. I was all ready to be like this sneaky uh, zigging while everyone else is zagging. Everyone else is like, oh, Bilal Powell is going to be the guy clearly to get all the touches with Le'Veon Bell out. And I was like, oh, or maybe this is the Ty Montgomery game. And then it was not. And I was wrong. So that's why you take fantasy advice with a grain of salt. Not to harp too much on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but um, they are with, your team. They are your favorite team, so we understand. Love me some some Bucks and Jameis being <laughs> second in the league in touchdowns and like first in interceptions. Jameis has a real chance a of throwing man. thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions, which will be a first time ever Can't in the wait. NFL. Which is awesome. He's I'm here for it. Risking it all, but <laughs> if there are some passing targets to go around. Um, there, there is a chance that, uh, those targets can start to go to Daria Gumbawale. Um, he did end up having five catches for 48 yards by the end of the game, um, on Sunday. So that's something to keep an eye out on. And, um, if I'm reading this right, ESPN leagues, Raheem Mostert is still only 24% owned in ESPN leagues. So he is very much available and very much a part of the, 49ers offense, even when things devolve into a shootout against like a Saints team, they, I mean, they play Atlanta and the Rams over the next two weeks, but both of those games are at home. So that's pretty nice for most to get some, some home cooking for you in the playoffs. Yeah. He, he's 52% owned in Yahoo league. So he's available. Yahoo people are more awake. <laughs> We we had him high on the uh, the rankings this week. He's he owns the backfield now for however long. Kevin Coleman's bad, so that helps. <laughs> Always helps when the guy in front of you is bad and you're better than them. Yeah, it tends to work out in your favor. Uh, as you're sitting in the fantasy playoffs, ready and and pushing to get a win, is there anyone else out there on waivers who you guys are just like you've got to go get them on your team because these guys are league winners or if we pretty much covered, I feel like we've covered most of the top guys, but I didn't, I didn't know if you guys had any super sneaky secret guys sitting in the wings. No, I think we got it. I mean, the, yeah. the, uh, if you want to take a, a, a gamble on like the Chiefs friggin' backfield, God, um, no, don't touch know, that shit. be my guess, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing with that. One person I'll say who I feel like may have found their way back into um, the good graces, and it's super up and down, but Deshaun Watson was rooting for this guy earlier this season. That's uh, Kiki QT. Uh, that could be something to keep an eye on. I don't think he's a league winner by any means, but he had a lot of targets yesterday. So um, that depends. Who knows? Yeah. I was actually going to say maybe Duke Johnson because um, he has started to get more work. Uh, but Kiki, I, I'd be a little reticent there. He he fumbled, and I don't think that's going to endear him uh, to to Bill O'Brien, who already benched him once this year because <laughs> he's willing to kick his guys to the curve. That could also be yeah, because yeah. the Texans somehow just got ran out of their own stadium. I'm sorry. I know that's why Clark isn't on the podcast here tonight, but it was a tough game to that is a tough watch game. unfold. Clark Clark is mourning his Texans right now after walloping the Patriots and then getting walloped by uh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke looking like the best rookie quarterback out there this year. Hot take. 
Yeah, I said that we're going to have to watch the Titans in the early wild card game in the playoffs. They might just snatch up the division. <laughs> they're they're gutting for a prime time spot. Oh right my now. god! Oh, this is crazy. This this final playoffs run is going to be good. I'm excited. There's going to be some good playoff matchups this year, and I'm I'm here for it. I hate to say it, Jordan. Though I uh, I don't know how you're feeling. I feel like the Packers as a two seed is. Uh, I'm not sold. Honestly, I think that would be an extreme overachievement for a team with a ton of new pieces, basically Devontae Adams as their lone wide receiver and a rookie head coach. Like I, I think that's a lot of things are to combine and what a lot of Packers fans forget is that this is Matt LaFleur's first spot in the in the reins and we've only really seen like one person go and win it all and that's Doug Peterson in his first stint so he's a donkey oh god I didn't get that I didn't get it Doug Peterson or Matt LaFleur Ooh, drama LaFleur but but Peterson started to do donkey stuff it's just a little weird go back to going forward on sports all the time Doug I don't know what you're thinking yeah Doug hope you're listening to the Eli Bowl um Awesome. Well, there you go. We just figured we'd throw out a quick little pod to help comfort those who are who got their team just got ravished by injuries this week and need need some solace and some guidance. And that's what we're here for. So uh, hopefully some of the guys we were talking about are available on waivers. If they are, go snag them, get them onto your team. Uh, and we hope that you have continued playoff success. And if not, again, not our fault. You were the one who chose those people and listened to us. You could have listened to any podcast in the world and you chose us. So uh, whose mistake is that? Not ours. Make sure you to subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those places. We are there. The Fake Teams Podcast channel. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick. We will be back at you Thursday for week 15 starts and sits, right? Are we at week 14? Yeah, this is week 15 coming up. I don't know exactly. Uh, and until then, peace!